0: Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Kilter Podcast. I'm your host, Shorty, alongside your co-host, Ed and Richie. Just some good old boys having a good old time, so sit down and have some fun with us. Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Kilter Podha- Podcast, episode three. The, can, the, the pod The podhash. <laughs> Welcome to the health <laughs> kilter Pothead, y'all. Yeah, yeah, the Hash Brothers. How are y'all
1: doing today? I am doing excellent. Glad to be back. It's the third episode, and who would have thought we'd have made it this far already,
2: right? I know, man. Like, that's that's crazy, you know, but but I've enjoyed the ride, man. It's, right. it's really good.
0: This, epi- this episode is sponsored by Central Booking. Maybe I will learn to speak eventually. So, uh... What's the topics for this episode? What we got going on? Well, I know we got a special guest. We're going to bring him in in just a minute. <laughs> well, you know, uh, last week you started off with your dad joke,
1: right? Yeah. So I got one for y'all today. So as a kid, did your dad ever roll you down a hill in a tire? Oh, all yes, the time. Yes, many times. Yeah. Well, I remember back whenever I was young, my dad used to roll me and my brother down a hill inside a tire. Mm
0: hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Man, they were good years. <laughs>
0: There it is. There it is.
1: <laughs> well, I got one more for you, real quick. I'm listening, brother. What did Batman say to Robin before getting inside the Batmobile?
0: I give up what?
1: Robin, get <laughs> <laughs> uh, that in.
0: That that's my lame joke for this yeah. week. Now I like it. I like it. Wait till they hear that outro joke oh that we got my on. goodness uh, outro joke Uh-oh. well Man. i guess y'all gotta
1: stick around and wait for that one
0: <laughs> all right let's bring him in he's an uh, iraqi war veteran a uh, former firefighter and an all-around great person please everyone welcome michael thorne
3: hey everybody uh, you're hey. too generous way too generous uh, I don't
2: it. think we're generous enough man you, you you're a, <laughs> a tremendous dude now I love you to death
0: man one of the most outstanding individuals I have ever met in my whole entire life
2: who who would have thought that shorty <laughs> with would, would all be, people would <laughs> of all people would be as close of friends as to to Michael thorin as 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 you being a Christian, him being an atheist, as as y'all y'all wind up being, because I know you being a friend of his has made him more calm when he talks about certain <laughs> subjects.
1: Well, I want to know it, exactly how y'all two met and actually started talking. That's what I want to know.
0: Uh, well, I think I was a uh, I think I was arguing with people on the Facebook. Yes, yeah. on the face bag on the face on the book on face. the book face. <laughs> yeah. I was arguing with people on the book face and Michael chimed in and I thought he was being a smart ass. <laughs> I
2: thought we were just talking. Yeah, see, I
0: didn't I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. So I, I thought he was being a smart ass. And then one thing led to another. We started messaging back and forth and he said straight up, he said, man, I'm not being mean to you. I'm just trying to have a conversation. And then my whole perspective changed. I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, he hasn't said one rude word to me. It's all been me. Yeah, <laughs> and then the
1: relationship started, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah. We got to talking about food. Was it? Yeah, what? and and actually, whenever we were doing this, it was when I was actually, um, I'd I'd been able to go to um, Orange, not Orange Beach, but uh, Gulf Shores. Uh, one of my friends had let me have their place for about three days right after all the the bad stuff started happening to me, and so I. We didn't even know where he was from. Um, we didn't even know we were. We lived close to each other.
0: Yeah, that's right. That I was remember. weird. Yeah, because like you were arguing with me <clears throat> from Gulf Shores.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this. A but, long like, distance
0: argument. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> but
2: a cu- about three years ago, I, I remember I called you up because I was having a hard time dealing with a job that I was doing in Birmingham, and I was yeah. kind of needing some some stuff because it was going against faith you know what i'm saying like what i felt like and and at first i thought yeah I no problem i could do this i could you know no big deal but it really started affecting me and i called you and i re- really appreciate that
3: you know, well, i appreciate you- all y'all done for me hey look i'm telling you man that uh the only reason that we made it this far because we lost everything whenever this stuff first started happening i'm sure we'll get into it later in the show but uh we lost our house we lost our cars uh, we lost everything we had worked for and we went from making a large amount of money to about 29000 a year. And and at wow. some point during that, um, I, I really just didn't want to tell people, hey, I need help. So that was why we started my part of the ministry. It was just to tell people, hey, don't worry about stuff. Yeah. Um, and we were suffering financially, but we just didn't make it a point to talk about it a lot. And uh, there was one time we were having problem with utilities, and uh, uh, Kevin had given me a call and he said, hey, man, we, we've got something we want to give you. And mm-hmm. it was stuff like that that actually got us through until my benefits started kicking in because it mm-hmm. took um, two years from the day that I was told you won't be working again to the day that we started getting benefits. Yeah. And, yeah, man, I, it was long.
1: Yeah, wow. I think that's um, a big issue uh, in this country yeah. right now is that it? it's like I see people that will apply for it, that really don't need it and then boom they get it but it's actual people who really really need it and are actually in a bad place with their help and then it just drags on and drags on and drags on we've all witnessed that
0: firsthand yeah.
3: right i absolutely hate it because i love being able to do stuff and i've always uh my whole life, I've I've pretty much worked as as long as I can remember, just because of the way I was raised and the things that happened. And so when when everything stopped and I was told I couldn't, um, and I'm young. I mean, when all this stuff first started, it was in 2014. So it was, I mean, at the time I was only just hitting forty, right? And I I not actually hit forty yet. I think I was thirty nine. I don't know. I can't do math anyway. So, (laughs) but I really, I'm, I'm still supposed to be working and it's really aggravating because there's so many things that we need to get done at the house. There's so many things that, you know, we moved in to this house about three years ago and it's a blessing that we got it because, uh, because of everything that happened, we had to file bankruptcy, uh, waiting for the benefits to kick in and we lost cars. We lost the house. We, we lost so much stuff. And so when the benefits kicked in, we made enough to take care of stuff, but what they don't tell you is that since you had to file bankruptcy and since you have all this stuff on you, I'm never going to be able to live on the amount of money we're making and act like I'm supposed to retire and act like I'm I'm sick because I can't act like it because there's too much work to be done, and our money's going toward recovering from everything that we went through.
0: Right. right. So, well, you, you look 25. You look really yeah. good. That's, well, I was f- still
3: yeah. 24. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking of
0: here whenever he said, well, when I was 39 and 40, and I was like, man, you ain't even there yet. What are you talking
1: yeah.
3: about? It us? seems <laughs>
0: like uh, you were born March 29th, 1973.
2: Yes, beautiful year, beautiful, year. beautiful how, year. How in the world do you look as young as you do and you're older than all of us here? <laughs> Benjamin Button's disease, <laughs> I think. Uh
3: I, that's only thing that I can think of is I really I really don't know, and it's it's really got my wife Vicky mad. It's really upset her because when people look at her and they look at me, they're like, "Yeah, I mean, she can I, she should Be careful. I know, I know, she goes <laughs> know, easy you know, now,
1: she knows. easy. And easy. she says it herself. She's like, <laughs> "Tread lightly just, here, so
3: You just don't look like you age. She she can outpower you now. So. You're right about that." <laughs>
2: super nice lady too Yeah. so
0: 1973 yeah so uh, going back on the whole me and you thing um, what struck me the most and made me admire you as much as I admire you was the piece of advice that you gave me or yeah the piece of advice that you gave me and it was on um, I would get so angry when people would say I'm praying for you I'm praying for it make me so mad because to me at the time was the most useless comment anyone could (laughs) ever make to anybody and then you said it to me, right? Look, man, it's not a useless comment if you look at it from their perspective because they're asking the one person who they only believe can help you, the only person in their mind that they think has the abilities to help you, and they're going to that person to beg them to help you. And then when you told me that, that is when my attitude changed, mm-hmm. when my attitude changed towards you know people that's trying to, you know, that's talking to me about it. I don't get so offended about it anymore. I don't get um, upset about it. I generally just have a conversation with them. That clip course
3: I took on the Bible then worked out pretty well for you. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did well,
2: well. I look at it like this. Okay, so um, you know, like how you was how you was getting before you was getting offended. So mad is if if I like somebody was coming in and trying to tell me like how I feel about my faith. Somebody's trying to tell me different. Well, I would get offended too i can't help it i can't help but not get offended in it the best way that i can as much as i would love to not to i i still find myself getting offended in it which is a hard thing as a christian for me to to deal with in myself so i can see where you're coming from because right that's your faith you know yeah and i just yeah.
0: needed that i needed that one um insight i guess you could say because that's what it was, it was and it insight. couldn't be from his
2: brother well, I, I, <laughs>
0: if he would have said it the well, way Michael said it, I probably would have listened yeah. too. Well, <laughs> now,
3: I, and this is the weird thing about it. And I, I think this is, I don't get offended when people are, I don't get offended when people don't accept what we, and I think that's a big problem in the United States today is well, we're a Christian nation. Well, we're not, and, and this is where I think people get confused when it comes to the government, is we are supposed to be a nation of freedoms, And that freedom has to include the freedom, and that was what part of it was. That freedom has to include the freedom to choose your own path. Now, if we really look at what the Bible talks about when Jesus came, people are supposed to want to be a part of it. Now, how you get there is up to you, but to force people into it, and then to—our government works better when— our politicians focus on running the country instead of forcing a, whether it's a faith or anything else on anybody. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we're looking into today is we're trying to force everybody else's, and this isn't just, this isn't just religion. This is also, you know, stuff like abortion and stuff like everybody wants everybody to feel their way about stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it a lot nowadays where if you don't believe like I believe, then you're, condemned. you're wrong
2: Im- immediately you're condemned i've had that happen to me yeah? and i think yeah.
3: the, i think a lot of christians nowadays are starting to see how we used to make people feel when it comes to that stuff because that's part of the problem is we used to try to make people feel like you're in the united states you you have to go to church right in the united states uh-huh. you have to believe this and then we said we have freedoms and freedom of religion but you just kind of better follow what we follow
0: right and see I didn't even know it was an option to get out of it when I was younger I would have got out of it when I was younger
3: and that's the that's where there's a fine line between um, I, I think there's a fine line as a parent and it's a it's a hard line and we all have to raise our kids the way that we feel necessary I don't I never wanted Katie and Hannah to feel like they had to follow. Because that's blind faith. That's blind following when you don't observe for stuff yourself. Right. Um, but then there's a there's a fine line. Where do you go from just totally turning them off from something to totally making them feel like they have to accept something? Right. And uh, I think that's something every parent has to kind of look at their kid. Parents know their kids. As a Christian, I, all I wanted was for Katie and Hannah. After I finally... Got done with my issues from the military i wanted them to i wanted them to feel the way i feel because i actually look at people differently now i I don't look at people like hey these people are trying to do this or that i and, and i i think i told you earlier that my my total belief is that my job is to live my life the way that i believe the bible tells me that christ told me to live my life not to try to force you to live your life the way that I believe you should live your
0: life. And you absolutely 100% have never tried to force anything on me. And I thank you for that. Never. And that,
3: you know, and that's the biggest part. I think that, um, and I, I I said a little bit earlier that we, uh, I can't offer any real proof that God's alive to somebody that doesn't believe in God because the Bible becomes irrelevant. If you don't believe in God, because you don't believe in the person that authorized the book. Right. So how do I, as a Christian, tell somebody that doesn't believe, how do I offer proof? And the only proof that Christians can really offer, and and I understand, we want to say, well, just look at that sky.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, that sky's so beautiful. How could you say there's no God? Well, but they,
0: they don't look at it from different points of view. Like yeah.
3: And so my big thing is the only proof that I can offer that, that God exists and that Christ exists is my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't live it perfect i want to i I want so badly to be able to do the right thing in every situation Uh, and i want to be that way um and i want other people to look at my life and go hey you know i may not believe for certain reasons but at least i know he believes what he believes Right. right and um so that's that's kind of where i've always been and i think that's why you and i got along so well is because i i may have been the first person that ever literally didn't try to force you I didn't start out trying to convert you to being a Christian because I think Christians are supposed to preach the gospel. But
0: no, I, I went you know. back and I went back uh, not too long after our argument or my argument with you on Facebook, and I went back and read it, and it was just you presenting talking points. I'm embarrassed by this. It's you presenting talking points and me getting pissed off about it. <laughs> but <laughs> that's pretty much out on well, it.
1: Well, <laughs> well, actually, what gets me about you, shorty, you know, I mean, you being um an atheist is I don't I don't know many other people who know the Bible as good as you do. I, I do know
0: it pretty well. Yeah.
1: You know. So yeah. that's what really gets um well, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I don't know how to put it.
0: Wondering why I am the way I am? Right. right. Yeah. Well it's I think everybody should read it. I wholeheartedly believe everybody should read and study the Bible every day. I really do. And that's what creates most atheists is people who read and study the things and and not to offend anyone out there or anybody in this room. But when you read it and you see the fallacy in it and the contradictions and the things that it's just not logical to me And and just me, like say Jesus walked on water. That's just not logical to me. Like, I don't believe a man can walk on water. Can you talk to a burning bush? That's not logical to me. Right. And if you re- if you look at it from a logical point of view, and you really investigate it, that's how most of us atheists become atheists. Is we've read it with a an open mind and a logical
2: point of view. Yeah, right. And I will tell you some things that I've noticed about like the the easiest way for Christians, in my opinion, to deter possible people to bring into Christianity is me and you arguing about what's right or wrong in front of somebody. No matter what I believe or you believe, I look at it this way. I, I read the Bible, and I take from it what I need to take from it, okay? Just like Michael will read it and take from it what he needs to take from it. Now, his belief in this particular subject may be subject a little different than mine, but what I take from it is my way, and it keeps me where I need to go on my path. So what I've seen... And what I've been guilty of myself is whenever somebody brings in a topic that says, "Oh, you know, this is wrong" or "this, this is right here." The worst thing that I can do as a Christian is go in here and argue that fact to them because that isn't that isn't what I'm supposed to do. Oh, it's not my job to come in here and argue with Shorty about his belief in that. That was
0: that was my favorite pastime is arguing with people on Facebook. <laughs> I got so much joy out of it. Yeah. I still do it when these scammers email you and text you whatever. I argue with them, and I lead them on, and I waste their time as long as One of my
3: favorite pastimes is following your chats back and forth with scammers. Uh, Favorite pastimes. (laughs) Well, I've actually
1: started doing that too, Shorty. Whenever they'll message me, and it'll be like, hey, can you help me out or whatever? Yeah. And then I always take an actual song, Yes. and I just start throwing lyrics at them. Well, uh, the last one I did was a boy named Sue. By oh, God, oh, yeah, use that one. Mine Man, was a. Uh, that's um, a great one to use, by the way. I'm I'm as that. soon as, because as soon as says, uh,
0: you know, I am mean, you're the son of a gun that named me Sue. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite one was that Bon Jovi song I got. Was right, right. I that was the last one. That was a there. good one. They yeah, that really was a good one. It was that, uh, living on a prayer. or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I think it was living on a prayer. Yeah, it was Johnny
2: on the docks or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, the, uh,
0: can you help my brother Tommy? And she and they'd be like, what's wrong with Tommy? I'm like, Tommy used to work on the docks.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And then, then I'd be like, his real issue is his wife. Um, what's the, what's the wife in the song? I can't
2: remember, man. It's um, um, uh, yeah. what's yeah. It say it's
0: Genie and I was like, well, the real issue is Genie. Gina. Gina.
3: Gina. Gina. He's down out. on his luck. Yeah, Gina. Gina works the diner all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Man. Hey, we were uh, we were talking about logic, and I wanted to add this real quick because Elon Musk said something yesterday, and I'm not a I'm not a I don't know if y'all feel about Elon Musk, but uh, I'm not really, I'm really I sure. Like people
1: that, I think he's an alien.
3: I like, I think he is too.
2: <laughs> I love I mean, him to death and I follow everything he and Mark Cuban does. I,
3: think, I think the guy with a lot of eyeliner on Ancient Aliens is going to talk one day about him actually being part of the original. <laughs> you talk about the guy with the big hair? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. that guy. Um,
2: I'm not he, really sure
0: what I think about Elon. Yeah, he, he just, he, I'm, I can't, I can't. You ever met or seen somebody that you just can't figure out? He's one of them. I can't figure him out well, He it's he like, made
3: a he made that comment, but I don't know if y'all heard that he was talking about um he was talking about people and he was talking about if, if back in nineteen the nineteen forties when they were talking about going to the moon, if if you would have told people then that, hey, by the year two thousand and twenty two, there are gonna be bases on the moon and there are going to be bases on Mars the people would have been like, I could see that. Here's a fun fact. Because they were talking about it. Mm -hmm. But he said, if you would have told them, though, that they were going to be able to stand almost anywhere in the world with a phone and access all the information they wanted to with a device in their hand, they would have told you that you had lost your mind. Yeah. Uh, Logic sometimes is kind of dictated by where we are in life. Having said that, as we progress as a society – our logic is going to improve. Like if you would have told somebody about Jesus walking on water back in biblical times, somebody would have been like, Hey, I believe that. I I, I could see that, that, that might happen. So as time progresses, things happen, but what we have to be careful about is the government nowadays is talking about UFOs. Right. Right. They're releasing videos too. 30 years ago, there are no aliens and how many pilots have lost their jobs because that claim to have seen Same. UFOs? How uh, many people have been humiliated over the years that have claimed to see UFOs? Okay. And now the government says, oh, no, they're real. We've known about them since the 50s. Oh, yeah. I mean, All we've right, got, we got evidence of it. Yeah.
0: Let's do a round the table. Do you believe in UFOs, Ed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Richie? Absolutely, without a doubt. UFOs, definitely. Yeah, me, 100%. Do you believe that little green men come down here and stick probes up our butt?
2: Absolutely. yeah
0: i would say no but i could get
1: into a long drawn out conversation about what i think is going on yeah but
3: i will right. save that for another time right michael i have had no personal experiences to my <laughs> knowledge <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. the only thing i could say for sure so let me, let <laughs>
1: do, me do elaborate see, on so my, you've never absolutely. actually woke it's, up in the morning time and your butthole be hurting
2: Mm. When I say, Crap. when I say, <laughs> yeah, oh god, when I say absolutely that I believe that little alien men come down here and have probe people, without a doubt, I don't think that we are alone in this universe. That's just what I'm saying. Is like uh, whether, whether, percent, whether that alien was in an asteroid that come down and it was a germ or whatever, you know, whatever that alien creature type thing may be, it's not of this earth. And you know that's that's what I believe. I don't know that what, we have actual spacemen that are flying in saucers, I would say right. I don't know that because I've never seen it. I've seen you know evidence that kind of leads to that. but to say that to say that we are alone in the vastness of this universe, the vastness there's
1: no chance we're alone.
2: Not, no, no chance, chance. let me, let me no you might know the
3: stats on this or at least closer to the figures. I mean, there's a vast percentage of this Earth itself that still hasn't been explored. Yeah, oh, yeah. like eighty percent of the oceans and yeah. the oceans. Yeah. So I mean, if we can't really say for sure what all's here, then who can say for sure what ain't out there? Well, well you know, I,
2: even even just below the Earth's crust, even in in vast crevices, we don't know what's there. You know, that could be, you know, fifteen miles down below us. That's in a big open you know because we know that the you know the water table sets wherever you know what I'm saying like it just it just sets wherever it sets and how do we know like below us right now there isn't a you know 100 mile wide you know 15 mile deep uh uh ocean up under us that's filled with life lifes you know, life forms that we will never know. And yeah. that
3: kind of how we find out about sinkholes.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 I, oh, I can, I can go into a spill and tell you exactly why sinkholes are <laughs> the way they are well, and without a doubt.
1: Well, you know, I mean, you got to think, you know, just the part of the universe that we can see, there's billions
0: of universes. Right. right? I think right. the oldest, oldest galaxy that they have found so far is 13.8 billion years ago, that they've seen the light from. And this is just recently with the James yeah. Webb telescope that yeah. they got out, right. that they got out past What the we're
1: actually seeing in the telescopes today happened 13, 13 billion, billion years yeah. ago. And
0: that's at the speed of light. was right. it 186,000 miles per second. So mm-hmm. it takes, you know, even that, like, like take, for instance, our radio signals that we're doing right now has been traveling for since whatever the very first radio signal that went out, that's been traveling for that long across our own galaxy. And it's only made it about that far. Yeah. it's a, it's it's barely gotten a fourth of the way across our galaxy. So we're one planet of, we're, we're nine we're one of nine planets of one star of a hundred billion stars of a hundred billion 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 galaxies in the universe. Yeah. And over fifty percent of those stars have planets confirmed. So yeah. so no just, just what we see. can right.
2: So knowing what you just said to say that an alien is in a spaceship. And the amount of, of travel that it would need, even if it's just the adjacent universe, for it to get here, is tens of thousands of years. Right. And the you problem
0: know, is is the problem is is like traveling at the speed of light. Because if you if you can travel the exact speed of light, time stops. You don't move forward. You don't age. You don't get younger. You don't get older. It mm-hmm. completely stops if you travel at the speed of light. So to get something from thirteen point eight billion years or a billion miles away. To A light hear, years, yeah, light years away to here is almost impossible because you can't go the speed of light. Because if you go the speed of light, everything stops and then you're just there. It's it's weird how physics works like that, but yeah. It, oh, it, I didn't know that. Well, Shout out to Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so like, uh, like, if you it takes, I think, 30 something minutes for the light from the sun to get to the earth, or, or no, it's eight, eight minutes, minutes, eight yeah, minutes from the awesome. light from the sun to get to the earth. So, if you were able to, the problem is aliens, can they get here? Because they'd have to have all of their food, all of their, everything to last them hundreds of million years to make it from wherever they're at to here. I can't remember what the closest start is. So, the other
2: explanation would be what they're talking about is wormholes. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Or if, or um, what is that? Black hole. Warp speed. Yeah. Like they well, did even in Star even, Trek,
2: even if you're doing warp speed, you're doing what ten times the speed of light. Let's just say. Yeah, but I, mean, I think warp speed.
0: Di- warp speed supposed to uh, bend time and gravity, space time continuum or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah,
2: I don't. I don't understand half of it anyway. I, I'm definitely not one of those scholars. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're in the
0: multiverse but, of madness.
2: That's <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, we
0: could all be in the multiverse. We don't know.
2: Don't
1: know. Well, I think that the closest planet to us that is earth like i think they're doing a lot of research on it right now and i think they have uh actually determined that there is some sort of life on the planet because now because of the radio signals that's coming from it well i think they can see like um some uh well they said that they could see some type of light through it with their infrared, yeah. That they use with the whatever. James
0: Webb ste- James Webb telescope sees nothing but infrared, right. uh, and they have the most badass infrared telescope through is out there, and it's like three times the size of the Hubble Space Telescope, right. so it can it, it can, can really, really stretch yeah, out there. Yeah, it can yeah. really reach out
1: there. And I think this planet is like thirty times the size of Earth. Or something. Oh, I didn't, I, and, I haven't heard this. One. And it's like it has no rotation to its orbit, so there's. Actually one side that's always daylight and one side that's always dark.
2: Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I think it never Mer-
1: changes. It stays that way the entire time.
0: Mercury doesn't do that, our mm-hmm. very first planet. I think it's that one side that just always faces the sun. And then the moon, it's it doesn't rotate. It's just one side that always faces us. Yeah. I bet it's but, cold
3: uh, on that other side. I bet Proc- it is
0: too. The closest star to us is and, and it's a long ways away, is Proxima Centauri. Yep. And no. it's a. I thought Andromeda. Was it's no. two hundred and sixty-eight thousand seven hundred and seventy astronomical units away. Which astronomical unit is the distance between the sun, sun and our Earth? And the Earth, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's that far away, and that's I, I don't know what I it think equates to in light years, but it's a good.
2: Well, bit. if it takes the light eight minutes to get to to Earth, <clears throat> then you know you can you can
3: actually times that by eight, and it'll tell you.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Mean years. I, I, I just mean, want to say something bunch.
3: real quick that that is the absolute first time that I've seen Shorty pick up his phone to find a fact. Every other <laughs> fact that he's been saying has been spot on and has swe- come straight out of his head. Right. Right? Oh, Don't yeah. say he's not smart. No. No. He's smart. I well, li- well that's what
0: I, <laughs> I discussed with Amber the other day. Like, I, I me, I'm smart on some things. Like Ed is smart on some things that I'll never be smart on, and I'm smart on some things that he'll never be smart on, and it's just each of us have our own niche. Like Richie, Richie is like the uh, the guru of automobiles. Like he can he can make it run. In Ed, AC
2: uh, without like wiring stuff like
0: that. Ed knows how to make it go fast. Now, he may not be able to put it all together, but he knows what it takes to make it go faster. Well, I think and Ed constri- knows how to
1: spend money to make one go faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And, like,
0: my my thing is, I like, every day I watch something on space. Every single day I watch something on space. That's what I use to make me go to sleep at night. Well, a lot,
2: a lot of people don't know this about Shorty, but he took, was it the ACT or SATs? Yeah. And they bumped him up a grade in school because he scored so high. So, like, I know he's smart. That doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't.
0: Just on some subjects. Now, math, I was terrible at I just couldn't math to save my life. And all of physics is math. So, I never did. And and math,
2: man, I just, I got got to admit, man, I love math. I do. Because, like, I have to deal with it every day. So, I have to, my problems that I have to figure out involve math. You know, it just, all of it does, you know, so.
3: Oh yeah, two plus two, three plus three, I'm on it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm con- <laughs> the common core. You bring common core into it. What?
2: Yeah.
3: Well, I have no idea what I'm doing.
2: Well,
1: I I uh I let's see. I think we're about halfway through this podcast and we really haven't even we haven't, talked about our guests today. We've kind of just went off on just all this other stuff. So This has but, been cool though. Yeah. But we've really enjoyed it. So, let's
0: let's get down to our guest. He said, uh, all right. Where are you from and uh where did you grow up?
3: uh walker county but don't hold it against me uh i actually was born oh, in dora Lord. <laughs> and uh was raised around dora and summerton and we moved around a lot and uh that's pretty much us we we were born and raised around dora walker county and uh I graduated out of dora high school barely <laughs> uh, to where i could and the only reason i really worried about graduating out of high school was to join the army and that was the only thing i cared about
0: yeah and you joined the army in 1990 from my notebook that i have right here that i've done some research on you yes um, yes well i
1: have a question about that is there anything as you was growing up that made you make that decision hey i want to be in the military and like i mean you know i mean did you actually see something happen or or anything like that or
3: uh patriotism the two things i wanted to do when i grew up was to be a firefighter and to uh to be in in the army and, uh, me and my friends, we always used to run around, uh, we'd buy camouflage stuff and run around in the woods and we'd disappear for three and four days when you could do that as a kid. You can't yeah. do that now. Uh, no, uh, We'd disappear no. for three or four days and we'd, we'd be in the woods and we'd be on missions at what we call swamp stomping. And one of my friends actually, uh, a good friend of mine that ended up, um, dying after he was shot by a deputy, uh trying to shoot another deputy oh wow he, he got what he deserved but growing up he was a good kid he made a lot of bad mistakes wow. and um but it just he had a he had an uncle that was in the 75th rangers and uh every time he'd come over he just worshiped him and so i i carried through with that and so that's all we did was talk about army and uh and i've always had this sense of patriotism um you got to be careful nowadays between patriotism and nationalism, but I've always had a a deep love for this nation and the freedoms that we've enjoyed in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the natural things for me was to uh, join to do my part to ensure. Um, When I joined, I wanted to go off and do cool stuff and bang, bang stuff. Um, I didn't know I was going to do it in my 30s and suffer greatly for it, Um, but I did. (laughs) <laughs> you know by suffer
0: greatly you're uh, referring to the the stuff you brought back with you
3: yeah my last deployment in iraq um after about a year and a half there i came back and i, I was having some problems breathing having some problems with uh, i used to run marathons and uh, i used to max out on my pt test when i got back i found out i really couldn't do those things um uh, to to make it a lot shorter than what it has to be or what it to make it the length that needs to be uh uh, when I came back, I found out that we had lost a lot of my lung capacity. I went back to work at the fire department and did my job, but I was suffering through it. And one thing led to another, I passed out on the job one day, uh, started going through some medical care for it. And we found out I'd lost 25% capacity in my left, uh, left lung and 35% in my right. And um, mm. found out I also developed tracheal all of my diagnoses are uh, interstitial pulmonary fibrosis, reactive airways dysfunction uh, syndrome, uh, constricted block bronchiolitis obliterans, or boop. I like oh, wow. Boop. <laughs> That's right. like the boop. Boop. <laughs> boop. Hey, boop. <laughs> I got boop. And uh, congestive heart failure, uh, which developed from the pulmonary hypertension. I um, also I've got some back injuries from a couple of IEDs uh, we got hit by while I was over there, oh. which at the time... Um, Uh, I didn't go seek care at a TMC or anything because I was more mad about it than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Me and my guys, we all did good through it. We just wanted to get back out and make somebody pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, we just got back out, got another truck and went back on mission. That must have been a wild experience. It was – It's and I'd always said because I I went as a member of the National Guard for my deployment to Iraq, so – I had a lot of close experiences in the fire service, but um it's the first time in my life that something has happened to me, and i've after it was over, I was like, Dude,
0: with malicious intent
3: I made it and and you've got to understand too that my life i even even at my worst, I've never set out to make enemies mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a thing that as an n c o or as a sergeant, I'm supposed to be leading guys. And I'd been through some bad experiences before, but in training, it's not like the real thing. And so in my mind, I'm thinking the first time we get shot at, because we knew it was going to happen, probably on our first mission by ourselves, we knew it was going to happen. So I'm thinking, well, I've got these two you know, 19-year-old kids with me, and then I've got these other guys in these other trucks. I, I don't need to act like a moron when we get shot at because if I freak out, they're going to freak out. Yeah. Um, so I was always thinking how I wanted to act. And I think I overthought it because the first time we had ever got shot at, we were out on the side of MSR Tampa outside of Baghdad. And um, we were trying to head to our next – actually, we are outside of Scania. We were trying to head to our next uh, post up, which was actually going to be trying to make it to um, um, Taji. Mm -hmm. Uh, a base in Taji so we were sitting out there and sun's out it's baking us and everything and and we've got our our little security set up each of our gun trucks had three people my driver me as the truck commander and then my gunner and we're sitting out there and all of a sudden we hear shink and I looked over and I my gunner looked at me and he said hey did you hear that and I said yeah I said What was it? He said, it sounded like a bug, and then it hit the truck. I said, I think there's somebody shooting at us. Mm. He said, really? He said, well, where did it come from? I said, I don't know. He said, well, should we take cover? And I said, well, I don't know where it came from, and I don't know where it hit. And I know they didn't hit us, so I'm afraid that if we move, we're going to give them a better target. Second later, you hear it again. Shink, tink. My gunner said, hey, I see muzzle flash. Mm. And I looked up, and now there's something you got to remember about a fifty cal, uh, a fifty cal machine gun, a my Deuce. If somebody's about oh, to shoot yeah. it, you don't want to be underneath the barrel. And in the orientation of it on that truck, if I'm at my seat and standing outside the truck keeping security, and it's at our three o'clock position, I'm at the three o'clock position, right? And so we hear a couple of more flashes and stuff and he said uh you want to start now i said well hold on a second let me get on the other side of the truck and it was all just a it was almost like we're just kind of sitting here talking about hey you want to go taco bell or you want to go to harvey's and so that was our first experience which made it a lot better and it was better for us that it wasn't one of these chaotic things right because we just had that little thing happening so I got to the other side of the truck, and he said, well. And the first time, it's hard to shoot at things the first time. You just were, we're Americans were raised, a certain set of yeah. moral absolutes. And he's like, well, uh, what do I do? And I said, well, you know. Make him stop shooting at us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Because so. yeah, you 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 grew up the way you grew up. You don't want to take yeah. someone's life.
3: And and the first thing that popped through my head because my entire life I've just wanted to make friends. Me That's too. Everything I've wanted to do. And so I'm like, who's trying to kill me? I've right. done anything to you. And then when you realize that, hey, it's we've got a perspective that we have to understand. It's that there's a lot of people that are over there that did not know what Hussein was doing. A lot of people don't understand the, the way this works out is Iraqi-controlled media. If Saddam Hussein, like in Baghdad, he has his big palaces and all these areas and all these big military bases. So in all of these areas like Baghdad and in the main body of Mosul and places, they really liked seeing American soldiers come in. Because these Iraqi soldiers would run these areas. They would get in there and they would just absolutely, they would, they would, right, pillage. They'd go out and steal stuff that they wanted to. The military literally just did whatever they wanted to. So if you went out into these other areas that we were going into, these villages and stuff that were outside of it, the only exposure they ever had to the military was if they were having convoys from point A to point B. Because these guys didn't stay out in these areas. So all of these little villages outside of these wadis and everything, and these little towns, they only saw Iraqi-controlled media. So all they knew was their government's great, and the United States is the evil Satan. Mm. And if you want to talk about religion lockdown, I mean, you can't. You could be in the middle of the desert, and you're going to have the early morning call to prayer. No matter where you are, you're going to hear it. Because they have got speakers all over the country, and it's the most eerie thing that you've ever experienced to be sitting out on the side of a, of an MSR at 3 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden you hear, Oh, my dear, my dear hello. <laughs> oh, in me body, belly, in me Dude's got the voice of an angel. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, hey, and that's the weirdest thing about it is because it almost lulls you to sleep because I'm thinking, man, <clears throat> this is weird, but kind of like to have his album Yeah, (laughs) but those people out in those little places we were going in there we were taking over houses and saying we're going to take your house and we're going to give you a hundred dollars for the day that we're going to be here and we're going to watch out for insurgents so these people did not necessarily care for us being there and so you had the main cities where the majority of the people were like oh good the united states is here saddam hussein's gone Mm. and then We'd get out in these little villages and stuff, and people would be trying to blow us up and, and shoot us because we're in their house, you know.
0: I remember a story you told me last time we went and ate at the, uh, the huddle house in Warrior. Shout out huddle house. But, yeah. <laughs> you told me a story about you uh, became what you thought you had became friends with one of them over there, and then he uh, let you in on a little secret that he would kill you and just not even think twice about it, that he cared
3: nothing for your life. That's it, and it was it, it literally was, and I think this is the reason why it's so easy for me to talk to people that don't agree with me on stuff, because I've I've seen a professional do it. I mean, we were sitting outside of um, one of these houses where our uh, they were going out for a little meet and greet, so they'd go in and they'd talk to these leaders. Like if somebody accidentally killed a goat or something, they'd go out there and pay them some money, or you know, killed a camel, they'd go out there and give them two hundred dollars to make it right. And so we'd go out there with them sometimes, and they would go out and do their thing. And, of course, these tribal leaders or these little village leaders, they'd have their own people outside. And we were sitting out there, and we were talking a little bit back and forth. And at some point, he looks at me, and he goes, do you want to know why y'all are probably going to lose this, this little thing here? And I said, well, sure, why not? I mean, tell me. He said, do you like me? I said, I do. He said, right now, no reason at all would you just reach over and kill me. I said, well, no. He said, why not? I said, well, I don't have a reason. He said, that's why y'all are going to lose, because I like you. He said, I think you're one of the coolest Americans I've ever met. He said, but the only reason you're still alive is because it serves a purpose for you to be alive out here. If somebody told me that I needed to kill you right now, I'd take a knife out and slice your throat in a heartbeat. Wow! How y'all will lose this battle is y'all don't have the capacity to do what it takes because of how you're raised. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's literally a darn good point. It
0: just I don't know if it, I don't know if raising has anything to do with that because there's been. People who's had good raisings and just became the most snapped. notorious <laughs> murderers out there, and then there's some people who've had terrible raises and, and became the greatest people that you've ever met.
2: Right. Yep. Well, you know, like, had the
0: worst uh, life possible, but ended up being the greatest person you
1: ever met. And,
2: know. and yeah. I would say that that like if you if you put the statistics together, that that's isolated. Those, right. Those I agree. would be isolated. Those would be the small factors of that. So the majority of the good people who were raised good stay good. The majority. Yes. And the majority of the people who were raised bad stay bad.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's a weird thing about us uh, and I a lot of I have to be careful when I say this because my fellow Christians will look at me and go, oh, blasphemer. Oh no. Yeah but He's done it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after after serving in in a country that, and and now it's it's a forced essentially a forced, but at some point, you want to talk about being brainwashed into something you buy into it wholeheartedly, right? And that faith, the the nation of Islam, the Muslim faith, is simply it's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. They right. they literally practice what they preach. And when I found out I was going to be getting deployed. I started studying the Quran and another reason I did is because I don't like I don't like people telling me what other people say or what other because when people tell you well this is what Muslims believe well if it's cool to listen to people but I wanted to know myself exactly what the Quran said about stuff so I read through the Quran uh, before and during my deployment so I learned a good bit from it the one thing I learned more than anything else is with with the two bu- books that the nation of Islam has, the Muslim faith has, is they sell out 100%. I mean, and the nation is like, if you're going to pray. You're going to pray. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. If Christians in the United States, a lot of us, a lot of us will take the Bible and we may take it to church with us. We may not take it to church with us. But as long as the preacher's telling us, we, we're hearing the word, right? A lot of us will will try to read the Bible. We'll try to have some time of prayer and everything. But if if the day's too hard, we can't be expected to dedicate time to our families and our faith. You know, right, we've got right. to take care of our kids. And the hardest part, I think, about when you start putting yourself in a position of a belief is if you really want to follow that belief is keeping yourself in what you believe um i think we have a lot of christians in the world today uh, really there are other nations where it's not this bad but i think here in this nation is we have a lot of christians and this is on each individual and this is why i don't judge anybody because it's literally on you yourself
0: i judge everyone I'm going to just go ahead and throw that out there. 100%. that's why I love you. I judge every single person I come into contact with.
3: Because <laughs> I don't have to. If I hang around you, you can do it all for me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I just, I, you got to judge people or else you'll let a rapist in your house. You well, you know, judge that's them. the weirdest.
3: I can, I can, let me rephrase that. I can kind of judge people, but I can't judge the content of a man's heart. I, I, let I agree me with tell that. tell you that if, if you just heard, hey, Shorty, he's an atheist and, Uh, he cuts up and everything then a lot of people don't understand that he's got one of the biggest hearts that you'll ever find in a person and will do anything for anybody thank you if you don't if you don't i can't judge the content of a person's soul and so i can't tell you whether you're living your life the way that you need to live it because that's honestly like ed said earlier we study the bible or whatever your belief is let me rephrase it because Muslims are going to take the Quran and they're going to study it. But of course, if I'm a Christian, it's the only
0: way. Yeah. I I, I I study it because I I don't think that I have the right to argue it if I don't know it.
3: And that's another part of why I went with the Quran and I started working on some Buddhist stuff. It's not because I really wanted to learn that stuff, but there's another part of me that thought if I'm going to believe it, I'm going to test it as well. Um, I don't want to be accused of... Now, there's a lot of what we have has got to be blind faith. This is where a lot of Christians get upset when people say, well, you can't prove it. Why are you following it? We go, well, I can prove it. The biggest parts of the Bible talks about it being faith. Now, if faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen, and that's what it's about, if it's about that, then it's not me believing it because i can prove it it's me believing it because i have faith that it happened and that's where we all have to come to ourselves you would have to come to that yourself you'd have to have faith that jesus walked on the water you'd have to have that faith and if you don't have it then you're not really believing in something anyway are you no. so if you just say i'm a christian but you don't believe that all this stuff happened then are you really what you profess to believe you know
2: and so uh, let's see uh,
3: I got off on the tangent. You gotta pull no, me back
2: on track, no, you know it's I, all good. Had, it's all good. Uh, I'm enjoying this I want to I w I wanna I wanna say that so like it it's to me it's a little it's a little it's a little different, okay? So I believe in God, okay. Uh, f- my faith is that, but you know, as we were growing up it was kinda pushed on us as kids, you know, we, yes, it, it was pushed on us. So I fell out of faith myself and and shorty as well, as long as some other family members that we had, we we got pushed out of faith, you know, and uh, so for me it was just the things that happened in my life, right? So that 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 was able to move me back. There was one time I remember in particular, my faith wasn't that strong. I'm sitting working on a oil rig one day, and I'm 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 doing the oil changes on these on these drilling rigs, right, and I'd been working on this one filter, and I'm telling you, man, it was the the damnedest filter I've ever seen in my life. I could not get that cover back on it, and I, four hours, and it was blistering hot, and it was everything, and I was so wore out. My hand couldn't hold it no more, and I just, I looked up, and I said, Lord, I said, if you would just let this filter, you know, this this cover (laughs) go back on here, man, I'm telling you, like I will I will I will believe, you know what I'm saying? That was just mm-hmm. my thing and that sucker screwed right on, I'm telling you. I if, if my hand the bible. That's what happened and I from that point forward I started making trying to make more sense to the fact of well, it is a faith thing. It's not a necessarily something that I can see or something that I can touch. It is, it's, it's the faith in me. Mean, whenever the faith came in me, I started feeling it more, you know? So to me, it was more based on that. But I looked at other things with faith saying, well, okay, well, I got faith that my mom went in here and cooked this dinner and it's cooked good and she didn't poison it. That was my faith to my mother. So if I couldn't have faith to my mom or I could have faith to my mom, but I couldn't have faith in something else. Why? Why could I not? So it was things like that that just kind of made more sense to me it is the reason why I moved my faith back to Christianity and believing in God. So,
0: in, in the same retrospect, what got me out of it was the whole, it just didn't make sense. Right. You know, like I, I had, I thought I had faith, but every time I would uh, do what was required, you know, be praying or whatever, I just felt like I was talking to myself. There was nobody there and just... Over time the things that they were saying, I was like, you know what, that's just not logical. That just doesn't make sense. I can't wrap my head around it. Whereas most of the others in our family, they probably got they probably fell out of faith through anger. They were mad at the religion. The well, this didn't happen or I lost this person. Why did you take this guy from me? Mm-hmm. Whereas me, it was just it just don't make sense. Right. It just I started applying logic to it and I was like, There is no way that this could actually happen in real life. So that's that's and it took me several years to break free from it and realize it was okay to be free from it. I didn't have to be all these things and be all this stuff just so I could get into heaven. I could just be me and not have to worry about it. And I really became the most free person I've ever been once I got out of religion. Right.
1: Well, I, I, you, I go ahead. Uh, I think uh, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know you got all these Christians that are actually coming at you. Come to church. Come to church. Come to church. You know. And I'm willing to go but, to church. <laughs> but me, I feel like I don't have to go to church to be a Christian and to believe and to have faith and believe that there's a Lord and Savior. Yeah. Okay. But to me, there's certain aspects of the church that I feel are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. Now. I don't want to say that I am actually boycotting churches or anything like that. I'm not doing that. But I've witnessed churches. The actual first thing they want you to do is a handout. First thing they want is money. First thing. It's all based around money. Now, I'm not saying all of them are like that. But my family, we actually have our own church and our own worship in-house
0: yeah
1: but you know i mean so uh how would you address somebody who feels like that Michael?
3: I, i think the biggest thing is first of all we have to realize that churches are doctrine oriented i think most of them are um i think brendan manning was a uh preacher that had a lot of people that that really didn't agree with him but i think he's he spoke a lot of truth one of his big sayings was is the number one leading cause of atheism in the world are christians that will go to church on sunday and then live monday through saturday like they have absolutely no idea that god even exists yes and The biggest the leading cause of atheists in this world are are literally a lot of it is christians um and i think some of that comes from the people in the church when you refer to people people in church they're just a bunch of hypocrites and that's what most people say
0: Um, that's what i witnessed firsthand in church when i went to church
3: yeah and so everything has to come down to this i think and I think this is kind of where we've messed up in the United States today. We want it to be about you coming to church and you have to be a part of the body, but it's about your individual relationship. You know, this is going to sound weird and it's going to sound sacrilegious at first, but Jesus didn't come to die for all four of us. Jesus came to die for me. To you, it has to be that he came to die for you. Ed, he has to have come to die for you. Same thing with you, Richie. He had to come to die for you. So it's supposed to be about a relationship with him, not a relationship with the body of people. Yeah. Through the relationship with him, we are supposed to be able to come together. Half of the biggest problems that we have in, in, in Christianity today are people saying, well, I don't want to make the church mad. I don't want to do this. We're so focused on uh, you know, the preacher thinking that we're doing things right. or the, uh, People are focused on making the right people. If we were just focused on Christ, now, we could get into semantics about the Bible. Well, you know, God was an evil God because he did all this. Then you can say that, well, you know, God did these things because God made everything. And since he's the one that made it, he has a certain level of rights in things, or he should be. I've used that angle before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there are so many different things in the Bible, and if you get into it deep enough, you could find stuff. But we can when it comes down to it what jesus's life was about when he first started his ministry all right the pharisees asked him what's the greatest commandment he said well to love god to love god and the second is much like it to love your neighbors you love yourself on this all the laws of the prophets hang and what he meant to say was if you love god and then you love your neighbors yourself you won't steal, you won't kill, you won't commit adultery, you won't, you won't do all these things because if you love your neighbors, you love yourself, then, you know, everything would be fine. But at the end of his ministry, when they were taking him into the garden and they were about to come get him in the garden, he told the disciples, he said, "A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, this is at the end of his life, all yeah. right? If he had done it at the beginning of his life, nobody would have had an example. But he showed through his life. Don't get mad at people if they don't believe in you. Somebody doesn't have, he never made it a requirement for somebody to believe on him for him to have opened up a dialogue with them. He never made it a requirement for him to believe in him. Everything about the Christian faith goes against common sense. Somebody throws a rock at me. I'm supposed to just take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing we have a problem with. Yeah, take it and forgive it. Because in some
0: instances, I could probably do that. you know Like a kid throw a rock at me, I'd be like, ah, oh, he's just a
2: kid. But a grown
3: man, uh, I've had both throw know, rocks at me before. And neither are fun. Uh, <laughs> you, you know,
2: as a as a person of faith, some of the strongest things that I've ever had to deal with is forgiveness. Okay. So it, and it doesn't it the forgiveness isn't necessarily for for them it's for myself. Right. Right. If I forgive this person that's done this trespass against me no matter what it may be, I have to do it because if not, I'm going to hold that in me. Yeah. So my my biggest thing for me is like like people who owed me money, you know, I I some uh, somebody was telling me something about uh about this about forgiving those people because it's not for them. Because I noticed like a, a lady, for example, who was uh, who was going to come to work for me, and I paid her a check in advance and done this, and I kept pounding her about like, hey, you know, you never come to work, so I need I need you to pay me the money back. Oh, oh, I'll get it to you just as soon as I can. You know, it's kind of kind of hard, and I realized that I was holding this against her, and it was doing nothing but making me mad. So I just I sent a message to everybody who owed me money, every every one of them. I sent it and I said, "Your your debt to me is paid. I don't you don't owe me nothing no more." And it, and I realized that like like loaning somebody money it is not what you need to do. If you're in a position to where you have money, you give it, okay. And the reason why is because if I loaned you money or I loaned you money, and I'm expecting that money back. You know, it, all it's going to do is, is weigh on me. So what I did was like, no, I'll give you the money. If you pay me back, you pay me back. If you don't, I, I don't care because, like, I can't loan you the money and do this and expect it back because all it's going to do is weigh on me. Now, obviously I'm not stupid when it comes to I'm not going to just go give somebody five thousand dollars. Dang yeah. yeah, it's yeah say, nah, I'll, I'll I'll let me hold a, a couple, couple hours of, thousand. of money. Yeah. <laughs> kind of need your garage yeah. door, Ed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, for example, my brother, my 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 best friend, even you, you come up to me and say, Man, I'm really in, in hard shape. I need fifty dollars, man. You know, I'm gonna here you go. Man, you, you pay me back or you don't. That that's the way I look at it, is like I'm do, I'm doing this because as a man, I have to do this for my piece right here if i've got it to give i'm gonna i'm gonna give it
0: and it's actually true i can't tell you how many times i've uh went to ed and you know just he's my listener you know when i need somebody to talk to you know hey, i'm going through this well let me help you out with this i'm like no 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 i'll figure it out but it's always offered always offered i ended up figuring it out and i make my way through it and we you know we get it we get it handled but (laughs) Ed has not one time ever asked for anything back. It's always, well, let me just, here, just take this. You can have this. And, you know, and like he said, if you can pay me back, fine. If not, no.
3: Richie, you're what he was talking about, and he gets back on all this back to churches. And and this is exactly, I think, kind of on track with what you're talking about is I think all of it works together is we all say, churches will say it's better to give than to receive. When it comes time for the offering, Right. right? Well, it's better to give than receive as long as thy that's giving is thee and the one receiving is me.
0: Yeah. Right?
3: And that's where I think a lot of us, right, the traditional definition of a church is the body of Christ, the people of Christ, right? Your, your faith isn't determined by the building you walk into, but I think we should all try to find a body, but one thing I've noticed with our, our ministry, House to Hope Ministries, is a lot of people are adamant about this. If you don't go to church, you better go to church. You better have a brick and mortar church. Yes. And our ministry was started because of people that can't get out and go to church.
0: That's your uh, Facebook stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And Does
3: the House to Hope Ministries have a Facebook? Uh, yeah, House to Hope. Um, it's H-O-U-S-E 2, the number 2, Uh, Hope. And uh, ministries, it's uh, easy to find. We uh, we actually are a a legal church in the United States. Um, we have uh, we have a pro or a public page which we just put lessons out for people. And then we have a church membership page where um, we y'all, have y'all
2: uh, take donations too. Right?
3: No, no, we don't take donations. I, our our thing. Uh, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was going to ask you a question <laughs> on something after you get done. Go ahead.
3: Okay. I'll, our what we tell people is God wants us to give tithe right now what churches and i understand churches doing it if i think we dropped the ball in the 70s and i think it's kind of evident in the fact that that's when social services started kicking off used to if a person in a community had a problem they would go to a church and go hey i'm down on my luck can you help me and what would happen the church would help church would help at some point membership started dropping during Vietnam and everything, people started kind of getting away from church, started bra burning and stuff. And that literally started the downhill slope. And so I think around that time, churches started trying to, well, maybe if we had better seats, maybe if we had better sound systems. So what they started doing is starting to put a lot more money into the church building itself, trying to get more people. Right. What that does is it causes them to take away from what they used to do, which was charity and relief. Um, The whole reason that churches receive a tax break, which I'll take a lot of heat for this. I don't think churches should receive a tax break. The Bible clearly states, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. And what's on a dollar? I know it says, in God we trust, but that's that's a slogan. What's on there is the United States government we are supposed to be as a church. Now reason why we used to not pay it is because we help people. But now we're in a time of not all churches, but several churches we we want to have productions. I mean, there's a there's a prosperity gospel that's out there that says, you know, if you give, God's going to give you more. You have preachers that are on TV talking about God wants me to have a $56 million jet.
0: Are we talking about my favorite preacher, Joel Osteen?
3: One, he's not actually (laughs) one that went on about that. That was a, that was, uh,
0: that's my favorite guy right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But
3: But, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of these people that go on. And I'm telling you, man, I've, my faith, my faith, my, my set of illnesses that I've got right now. I'm going to die one day and it's, it's going to happen sooner than later. And I know it, but I've been going to die ever since the day I was born. Everybody in this room is going to die. I mean, it's nothing you can get away from. But when I have somebody look at me and go, let me pray for you. God has given me the power to heal you. And I've had people do this and their intentions are, I think, honorable. Mm Mm-hmm. But after they get through, they'll tell me, now now jump up and down, can you jump up and down? I'm like, well, I mean, I can, but I don't want to because I'll have a hard time breathing. Well, maybe we just didn't pray hard enough. Are you? Are, can you breathe better? No, I'm still feeling exactly the same. Mm. It gets to the point where they say, brother, i want to pray again. You have to have faith to believe. So it's not that the prayer's not working. It's that I'm not working. Yeah. yeah, that you're the problem, right? And I think a lot of us have lost sight of the fact that it's not about. Look, if somebody, Kevin, if you came up to me and you, and you were a, a great man of God, and you looked at me and you said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you, and I'm gonna heal you completely," and it happens. And now I believe that God can heal me if He wants to. I do. If I'd be I'd be not a very good Christian, and I definitely wouldn't be believing what I said I believed if I didn't think he could. But having said that, if I was completely healed today, it doesn't change the fact that I might not get in a wreck on the way home and get killed. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm still going to owe this world to death. So to say that God wants you to be happy and healthy and wealthy is a weird thing, and it goes against what the Bible says. It, we're told we'd have problems. Yeah, we're so, told we'd have issues. And my big thing is, I'm more focused on what happens after. So right now, I don't care about my health. I just care about people believing that I believe what I believe and doing everything I can for people.
0: Right.
3: So, uh, which is not a lot, by the way. I'm sorry about that. Oh no, no, it's fine.
0: You just you you do you, boo boo. <laughs> well, I, I,
2: I want you to think about this, okay? So if God gave you everything that you ever wanted, well, how would you react then? Think about it, you know. Would God, you actually believe? Would, would you actually believe? So if God gives you everything, like, you know, I heard Mike Tyson say one time, man, the greatest punishment that I believe God ever gives to somebody is giving them everything they ever wanted.
0: Well, in and, in my instance, I probably still wouldn't believe because even though I'd have everything, if it wasn't him himself delivering it and like, I'm real, here it is,
2: yeah. And I don't think I could believe it. Yeah, and, and just just our faith. So if God gives you everything that you ever wanted, and just says, "Here, here it is." Some of the some of the greatest punishments that that I I think, and what, what Mike Tyson said on that was like <laughs> the greatest thing that he ever gave to me was giving me everything, or the 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 biggest punishment that I ever got was him he gave me everything, and it and it it taught me where I am today. So the Mike Tyson of Ode. To what mike tyson is now as far as his faith goes is is totally different than where he, where he was now and i'm not i'm still not trying to say that he's a he's a great man or or doing anything but if you look at it like this so if if you always feel like god is on you like god almighty or something or you feel like the devil's attacking you all the time why do you think that is do you think the devil is attacking you because you're doing everything the devil wants no the devil's attacking you because you're not doing what the devil wants. So if if you're doing everything the devil wants, man, you're you're going to feel like this relief is off of you, and you're like, oh, man, everything's working out great. Well, the devil's looking like, man, that's my favorite right there. So I'm, you know, I, I ain't worried about him. You know, it's time for me to focus on John over here, you know, and that's who I'm going to focus on because, like, his faith is – his faith is up, so the devil's just gonna hound you whenever you're up and you feel like you're at the lowest point of your life, that's that's whenever the devil is on you because your faith is there, you know. So keep your faith up. That's right. that's the way I look at it.
0: You know? All right, I got I got that question I was gonna ask earlier, and it's, this is just for everybody. Do you think that the church in general, cause in my opinion it's a multi billion dollar pyramid scheme organization, do you think that at any point that it's kind of scamish? Because every time you go in there, this seems to be the only thing they're focusing on is money. Like Richie said, they always want your money. And it's always, what can you do for the church? What can you do for this? What can I, you do I for can that? sum that
2: up to you really, really. But I was
0: just wondering, like, do you think, and I'm going to ask it to all of you, if it's just a little bit scamish, the church in general?
2: Okay, so I, I'll put mine out there. It's like, for me... You know, if I gave, like, let's just say that one of the the big churches, if I turned around and I gave a hundred bucks to that organization or I gave it to the, a simple church, doesn't matter. Okay, so I look at it this way it's like, doesn't matter what they did with the money, doesn't matter what they're doing with the money. It's, I know that I gave it for a reason and they have to answer for what they did with it. God knows why I put it out there. Right. Right. That's the way I look at it. Richie?
1: Well, I look at it like, so church, from what I take out of the Bible, was always a group of people worshiping, you know, actually doing the gospel. It was never intended to be inside of a building, you know? That's true. Um I mean, right now, I mean, we we are in some form or fashion having
0: church here tonight. I thought right the now. same thing, yeah. yeah. You know. Does that mean I'm the preacher? Huh? Huh? Huh?
3: <laughs> the choir director. Yeah. Uh, there, we, there we go, choir <laughs> no, director. No, that'd be I'll Ed
1: it. as the choir director. He's got the, you know. He's, he's got, got the soundboard. To, yeah, he's got all the buttons over uh. but, Now, you know. It's hard for me to actually put into words the way that I feel about church and money and but it's like the bigger the church you go to the more they expect you know I mean I I just can't and I just can't get it out the way I want to say
0: it. But I should have I asked this question with a separation of religion and church. I'm talking about churches and the buildings and the stuff that they want from you. And then religion is just something completely different. Like, if you can separate those, does it not seem like the church is just, give me your money? Like, all right. Yeah. so you, you, you take any trip anywhere around here, anywhere around here, say 10, 15, 20 miles, you're going to pass... Thirty churches, at least they're everywhere. They're worse than Dollar Generals. They're on every single corner, and uh, it just seems like that's there's a reason why they're there because they're 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 getting the most amount of money out of people.
3: I let right. me, uh Richie. Let me um, let me see if I can help you with the question. Let me break it down into two parts, and I yes, think sir. this is what you were trying to do. Um Think about it this way: two different definitions of church, and I think this is where. What you're wanting to say is you believe that the intention of the church, what the church is supposed to be. I think if you divide it into what the church is supposed to be, God's people doing what you were saying, worship, and then the other church, which is the brick and mortar building, the institution that we've turned it into. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, I've
1: never received a message from the Bible or anything that states, hey, the church requires you to give them money. Yeah, you know it's always church the was people. never intended to be that. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, it's always the people that's requiring it, right? Yeah.
2: And and to me, I think that like it is it is just and and don't take this the wrong way, but it is just the opposite because I do believe that I've had those messages to me that says you know you made a promise to me. Cause I did. I, I, I talked to God and I told him before I even started my business. And I was like, I was like, Lord. And, and my older brothers, when it told me how to do this, right. So he, I said, I said, Lord, if you see fit for this to happen, you'll make a way. If you don't, don't let it happen. You know, Lord, don't, if you don't want me to go down this path to do this, don't, don't let it happen. Don't, don't do that, you know, it wasn't just that I wanted my business so bad for me to go in here. I just looked at it as a different a different way that mm-hmm. now I'm at a point in my life to where I can help people, and I do try to help people you know the best that I can. and I, I made and I made a promise to him not long ago where I said, you know hey I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a donation and I'm gonna give to the children's hospital, and I still haven't done that yet, which is something I still plan on doing. Say, so I'm gonna take a donation, do it. My my older brother says, you know, Ed, he's he knows whether or not you're gonna do that. Why why tell him that you're gonna do that? Don't don't tell him you're gonna do it. If you're gonna do it, do it. You know, and that's that's a way that you can look at it. If you're gonna do it, do it. If you're not, then he's gonna know whether or not you are.
1: Well, hmm. you know, I mean, I don't wanna come out here and say, Look, every church is that way. Oh you no, know, I wasn't saying that either. You know, it depends on what the church is using the money for. Just like he said,
0: yeah. Like you take know? take for instance the Red Hill Church that we went to as kids. It's just a small church. It's over there by where you live. Right. You know, just a small church. I don't think they're trying to scam people. I think they generally are genuinely genuinely are honest to God fearing uh, people, and they they really believe in what they're saying, and they don't have any interest in ripping anybody out of money. But Joel Olstein, on the other hand. Yeah, guarantee I, you, know, you
1: you know I mean that's, that's what I'm that's saying boy, by to by you, is, you know <laughs> if the church is using the money in ways that allow them to um, spread the word to other people and let other people have ways of getting the knowledge that they seek right but you see all these commercials on TVs you know about all of these different people who who have books and you know has this program and stuff? First thing they do is they want you to pay them eighty nine ninety nine for this program. You know, right? I, I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, you well, I, I think that's different because they're they're that's directly affecting their livelihood. You know, like I'm selling you my product that I've <laughs> I've written myself that I've invested my time and effort and money into. I'm selling you this product for a certain price. You don't have to buy it. Whereas the church kind of guilt trips you into it like a pyramid scheme would. Not all churches, not all churches do this, but a majority of them will guilt trip you in. You're supposed to give the Lord 10% of your earnings. Yep. You know, it just, it just, it seems like a, a pyramid. You'll ever write. I've actually yeah. been
1: to a church that actually has said that.
0: And, and you don't get the product till after you die. You know like that's the biggest that's the biggest red flag to me is you don't get the product till after you die like I'm selling you something you can't have until after you die
3: that and I think that's the weird thing about it. a lot of people don't realize that tithes and offerings there's very very little teaching on it in the in the New Testament right tithes and offerings were really more of an Old Testament thing and you'll not really see the words tithe anywhere in the the New Testament. Uh, if it's there, it's only once. Um, those things were all Old Testament that we've carried over. But when you talk about Paul, Paul's talking about give to the people. And a lot of that was for the shepherds, for the flock. In other words, they were given because the shepherds could not take care of the flock and do their do their chores. So the point was, we pay these people money to keep them living so they can take care of us. It's gone from that to, and it was supposed to be, they weren't supposed to live beyond the means of the people we were shepherding. This same thing with politicians. Yeah. And so we've, a lot of it's, it has been turned into a, um, it's, it's been turned into an industry on, on a lot of parts, and I think that's where we have the biggest problem. Yeah, It's like you said, there are churches out there, but what happens when we hear about the church that's – Got the preacher that's making two, three million dollars, and he's having affairs with several of his staff members. You talking about Joel Osteen? (laughs) I I think think going back to. I I just (laughs) just say I'm going to call him out.
0: That's that's my boy right there.
3: (laughs) We we have that problem in 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 the churches, and that's the problem is, and I think that's what Christians are failing to understand. Well, you can't judge one by them all, but we kind of do the same thing in our lives i think everybody to a certain degree will take one thing you know what happens if everybody looks at one va hospital that's doing something wrong when they go the whole va healthcare system is messed up yeah when the birmingham va is a pretty good va for me anyway Yeah. and and i've heard uh you know
1: the exact opposite from other people yeah i
3: mean it's it's all on what your experience is and I that's one reason why and i I don't think I covered it on house to hope um I, I really just, I may have just given you a subject to talk about well no that was the big thing <laughs> is we don't our encouragement is for people to take 10 percent that they would give to us we don't have a roof the expenses we have have to do with computers have to do with keeping zoom up because we have zoom meetings for our church so we can actually meet as a group and meet like a church would meet. Mm-hmm so we have services on zoom that are also shown on facebook all of our expenses are just covered by the the lead pastor me as the associate pastor whatever we need for the ministry we provide it that's our tithe people's tithe we encourage them whatever you would give to us put it into helping somebody around you right yes and my my hope and my desire is that they take people and more than the 10% that they would give to us and to him. And we've actually had people that have criticized us saying we're not a church because we won't take tithes and offerings.
0: Now, I think that's respectable that y'all won't take it. Right? There you is. don't take anything you don't need. We. Oh, that's do. a fact
2: with you. I mean, I've, I've got to admit that, man. That That's one of the main reasons why I, I absolutely love who you are, man. Well, that's, that you're just not going to take nothing that you don't need. You know.
1: Well, that's, you know, I mean, kind of like, You know, I mean, what I was saying about it, you know, I've witnessed these pastors that don't work, don't have a job, but yet they live in this expensive house, but, but they're, but they're just a preacher, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, or a motivational speaker, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um. But yeah, I mean that's just you know, um, my thoughts on it. I mean I don't want to say you know church is bad you know whatever. I mean church is good. Church is real good for people.
0: Yeah, and some and some some people some people need it. Like I've met I've met people who are just terrible or used to be terrible terrible individuals and church has completely changed them around and that's what they needed. And then there's some people I've met that does the same thing with a psychiatrist. They just needed the psychiatrist to turn them around. And then some people like for me instance, I think uh, I wasn't the greatest person before I had my daughter, but when I had my daughter that all stopped, you know, and and for Ed, it it may be religion that, that changed you. It could be your kids or something, but you know, there's a little bit of stuff out there. There's something that changes somebody.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, And, and I would say like, for me is that I do need it. I, I feel like I do because, like, no matter who we are, you sitting here, you sitting here, you sitting here. No matter who you are, we all got our own demons that we deal with. And no matter what it is, you yeah. know your 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 issue is that you don't. That's your that's your religion to you is that you don't need
3: it. Yeah. To
2: me is that I do. So like I've for me to function properly in my life no matter what is i have to give my my thanks to god i have to because like that is the to me i feel like it's the only structure in my life that's going to keep me where i'm at you know and going forward and being a better person than what i was when i was younger because we all know me man like i Mm -hmm. i was a security guard i fought people all the time that's just all i did it wasn't necessarily the best friend wasn't necessarily the best brother
0: what, what's your uh what's your drunk and uh sober fight rating it's like 40, it's a lot <laughs> it's 101 <laughs> drunks to one sober guy <laughs> You know, but you know like i said i
2: wasn't necessarily i made a lot of enemies that i'm not proud of i've done a lot of things that i'm not proud of in my life at all and i felt like that me uh, uh bringing god back into my life and and being the person that i am you know it keeps me more structured to whenever I still make mistakes. I still go out here and I say the wrong things or do the wrong things. But in the end, I ask for forgiveness. And that doesn't mean that what I did was right. It just mm-hmm. means that, you know, now now I can think about it. Now I know for the next time, whenever it comes up, that maybe I need to handle it a little different. You know?
3: And I, I think, and I want to touch on something real quick, that and I want to bring it back around to circle about something I started on earlier. Sure. Sure. About uh, when Jesus made that comment about love on another, as I have loved you, he had already shown, he showed that in his ministry, so here was my problem with myself when I first got back, and the reason why I almost lost Vicky and the girls, I hated myself, because I'd been taught moral absolutes growing up, You and had, you
0: hated yourself for the things that you had to do,
3: yeah, because yeah. we have moral absolutes, and it doesn't matter to me that, oh, I was doing it for the right reason, these are moral absolutes that I felt like I wasn't supposed to break. You felt like you crossed the line. Yeah, 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 and that's the weird thing about it is, if it would have been the beginning of his ministry, love one another as I had, as love one another, love your neighbor as you love yourself, shorty. If you want me to love you like I love me, everybody in this room is screwed <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not a good person, and not. And I know I might be a certain way right now, and this is who I am. It really is. But I know what I've done. I know what I've seen. Mm -hmm. And I know that what I've done and what I've seen, there should be no way that anybody should be able to love me. And so I wanted my best to run them off because I hated me, so I didn't want anybody around to love me. When I finally understood that one thing, and it's we can try to make – Christianity out anything that we want it to be but when it all comes down to it it's about me telling everybody else that you get a better break than I do everything that Jesus taught was about serving others serving others watch the disciples feet. a lot of people think hey that's a big thing but you don't understand in the Middle East to touch another man's foot or even to show the sole of your foot to another person is the worst insult you can do ever since way before biblical times. Mm. It is the worst thing you can do because it's saying that you are beneath me and their feet are nasty too, because they walk around in talcum like sand in sandals and no shoes. So they have some really nasty feet. So to wash their feet wasn't simply, Oh, he's washing their nasty feet. It was a symbol that there's absolutely nothing I can do for you that's more debasing than what I'm doing right now. It was Uh the absolute most debasing thing he could do. What he was trying to tell us is it's not about my stature in life. It's not about how I feel about myself. It's about how he feels about me. And if I truly believe it, then that means that everybody gets a better break than I do. You think Joel Osteen to wash somebody's feet? Um,
0: you don't have to answer that.
1: <laughs> uh, that was one of
3: those things, like the next question. <laughs> yeah, next question. <laughs> yeah uh, I kind of seen that look, and i was like, nah, we need to go on past that.
0: I've been I've been conjuring that question up <laughs> since, the, since you started. But, I'm like, I'm bringing Joel back to this. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, you know, there's so, so much more we could talk about with you uh,
1: tonight, and there's so much more on the table that I'd like to get out, but I think we are actually...
2: We're, we're actually a little over right now. Yeah, but, I you think know, we're about an hour and a half in. So We are. I, I, so I would done. love Sorry. to have Michael back again. Yes, today. absolutely. Yeah, are you interested there in
0: coming back?
3: Yeah, as long as I'm alive. I mean, right. I've, it's going to be hard to schedule if I'm indeed dead. Am, but
0: am I still going to be speaking at your uh, – am I still going to be doing your eulogy if you do pass on?
3: I would love for you to do it. There's and, two people that I want to do, and one of them my pops, and the yeah. other one is you. Hey, and uh, if, I if could you're t- uh,
1: I can tell you that I've witnessed him do a few eulogies. Yeah, and it's been the best ones I've ever heard.
0: Not my favorite thing to do, I'll be honest. But look, yeah, he's not a thing. He's that, that always I'm,
1: spot on with the person, and he and he just nails it every time out of the park. It's It's a
0: weird thing to be good at. It is, and uh, if I, if and when I get married, I want
3: you to do that. I, I I'd want you love to. Fish to. Hey, man, if you ever decide to, I'm I'm there, dude. Yeah, we're going yeah, to. Yeah,
2: we're. we're I'm, I've always wondered this myself. When is he going it? Well, look, it, it's going to happen eventually.
1: Yeah. Just, uh, well, I think Shorty, you know him being an atheist, but I think he is the most spiritual person you'll ever talk to. Right.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: it's weird. I got, gotta say that. Got to you just blew my mind. It's I just weird realized. like that, though. Yeah. I mean, he's so knowledgeable. And he he's right to the point every time, and it seems like it's right. Mm. Well, thank you for awesome that. Awesome guy. Thank awesome guy, Shorty. Love you to death.
0: <laughs> so well, are we wrapping this up now? Yeah, let's yeah. wrap this thing up. All right. So you can uh, catch Michael on House to Hope Ministries on Facebook. Yes. Or you can uh, – you want to go ahead and give him your, uh, your socials,
3: social, um, social medias? Uh, it's uh, – um, um. <laughs> uh, House to Hope, that's H-O-U-S-E 2, the number 2, Hope, H-O-P-E. I don't know why I'm spelling it. It's really easy. But then again, in the climate that we're in today, it's probably necessary. We've got that Walker County coming out. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. House to Hope Ministries on Facebook. We've got a public page that's just on there for anybody. Um, We also accept members. uh, You have to read our uh, church. It's not a doctrine. It's just a belief statement. Um, We kind of believe that church doctrines are man-made, and that's kind of what gets a lot of churches in problems so our doctrine is the bible right and um your tithes go to people that need it not us
0: all right and uh you can catch us on the off kilter podcast on facebook and you can email us at the off kilter podcast at com.
2: ed you got any last words yeah i just want to uh give a special thanks to central bookkeeping uh for our sponsor today Uh, uh, if anybody out there that's running a, uh, a business needs some help with their bookkeeping, make sure you keep them in mind. Shout out, Cindy. uh, Shout out, to Cindy Sprinkle. She is the owner of Central Bookkeeping and, uh, they do a tremendous job.
1: Well, uh, I don't even know how to get in touch with Cindy. So can you provide that for us?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, give you the, uh, information. If you look on, uh, Central Bookkeeping on Facebook, uh, all the information that you need is, is there. You can look us up uh, uh in the phone book, and you can uh, uh look them up uh, just about anywhere. All you gotta do is just type it in in Google for Central Bookkeeping. Uh, and like I said, Cindy is an amazing person. She does really well at bookkeeping. So, uh, yeah, special thanks to our sponsor today. All right.
1: Well, uh, I just want to say that it's an honor being in here with you tonight. I really enjoyed our time together. I got so many more questions and so much more that I want to talk to you about. I really hope you'll come back, and I really appreciate your service for this country.
3: Yes. Oh, I, I, man, it's been great being here. I've loved it. Yeah, yeah And
0: uh, once again, thank you. You're my favorite person. I'm glad that you come on here. We're trying to get you on ever since we started. Huddle House. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, really enjoyed this third podcast. And uh, before we sign off, what we're going to do uh, – Ye- Tune in. <laughs> Tune in next week when we cover Richie's nipples with pineapple juice and make him swim with the sharks. Wait, what? What? Wait. <laughs>